One, two, three, four. Freaks, it's Eric here, and as I'm sure you have figured out by now with the different music, yes, I didn't come through, it's not a complete new, new episode, we can't anticipate everything, and unfortunately my co-host this week came down with a um, mild case of bubonic plague, so we were not able to, uh, well, I opted to, instead of giving you a sick episode and watching him fall asleep <laughs> from cold meds, we would just skip it, and i put up this classic episode, which might be new to you. Again, this is from the collection of episodes from when we were on YouTube, and before we got banned. So, enjoy classic episode number 17. Again, forgive the uh, dodgy audio quality, this was back when we were recording a different way. Uh, so just bear with it, and... Hopefully, it's enjoyable. I'm looking forward to listening back to it, because I don't remember anything about it. So, let's see what happened. Take it away, past Eric and past Eugene. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Movie Freaks Pod Show, the only podcast on the net that was used as the beacon the Nostromo picked up from LV426. True story. True story. Not many people know that. More of a factoid this time than a, you know, (laughs) real funny anything. Uh, We have a lot to get to in this episode. As always, we're going to start off with the movie roulette, blind edition. And uh, we've got listener emails. We've got a little bit of news I want to get into. And then our recently watched. Um, Let's start right off with the movie roulette. Last week, or last episode, we we introduced the uh, blind roulette. Um, where we pick three movies from our rough and make each other try and find the gems. And of the three that you gave me last week, uh, or last time I picked uh, Blood Glacier, and you picked Here Comes the Devil. I'm going to let you go first this time, as I seem to always go first. So go ahead, sir. Uh, Here Comes the Devil. Here Comes the Devil was one that uh, I had actually wanted to watch, and just, you know, of course, because of the title a horror movie, um, but for some reason, I just, I, I didn't, uh, and then you, you had that in the roulette, I'm like, a perfect, perfect timing, and then I did a, just a little bit of research, and I found out that director also made his first movie, he's a young guy, his first movie was Rooms for Tourists, which is a black and white, I don't even know what to describe that thing as, uh, a killer is killing off chicks in some brothel or some hotel thing, and it's super low budget and creepy and gross, and I really dug it. It's a Spanish movie, I believe. Uh, so I'm like, okay, so I, I get, I get the director. I'm, I'm now. I kind of know what to expect. Very good movie. That is a gem in the rough. The here comes the devil. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's it, the the biggest downfall was honestly, but the only downfall was the fact that it's it's relatively low budget and that shows through it in parts. They make they definitely make the best of it, but a little bit more polish and a little bit less I don't want to say direct to video, but just a little 
you know, $500,000 more and that would have been fantastic. But it just, it had, it needed one more polish or something. Yeah, right. But regardless, the story itself is what works so well. And that's sometimes where you may get into a lower budget movie, but if there's, uh, if other things fall into place and click really good, it, it, it makes up for some of the uh, the other missteps. So, and I don't want to say misstep. It's, you know, they didn't have the funds. Right. But the story is really good. Really, really Twilight zone but even more sinister. Like, it's it's there's stuff going on that is never fully explained, but you kind of get the gist of it, which makes it... I like that. It's not, like, so obtuse that when it's done, you're like, okay, I didn't, I didn't get that. You get it. But... It, Give us a synopsis of that. What's, what's it about? Uh, uh, husband and wife and their two kids uh, are on vacation. Go to this mountain where previously some uh, rapist dude was uh, was killed on this mountain. More like a kind of a really big hill. The, uh, the kids go up there to explore and uh, they vanish for 24 hours. 24 or 48 hours. I think it's 24 hours. Parents freak out, get the cops involved, then all of a sudden the kids show up. Um, and but they're different. Something is off, big time, with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, I, I'm trying to word it. Well, that words. might that might be kind of enough if you're getting Cause, into spoiler. Yeah, because because it's it's so good, like the, how it all comes together. Like, oh geez, this is because so- it was it was uncomfortable. Just like that rooms for tourists movie was. Very uncomfortable, and this is very uncomfortable. By the time the credits roll, you're like, "Good, nah, okay, that now, was something." Now, with a, <laughs> a title like "Here Comes the Devil," and with that synopsis, one might be led to believe that this. Uh, what kind of horror are we dealing with here? Is this uh, extremely gory, extremely uh, supernatural, witchy, occult? Uh-huh. Uh, not there's there's just a very 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 few gory moments, uh, and they're gory, but very few. They really deal a lot with sex, and again, I don't want to give anything away. Right, but right. There's a lot of nudity in it and a lot of sex, but it ties in with what's going on. Um, but it is just uncomfortable, and and I actually watched the last twenty minutes of the movie two times, um, because it got so. I don't want to say heavy, but it got so where you really have to pay attention. Cerebral. And by the very very end of the movie, I'm like, oh. The second time through, I'm like, ah, okay. You really, it's one of those movies the entire way through. You have to pay attention. Yeah. If you don't, you're like, okay, that was that was an interesting little quirky horror movie. But it was, that was a thumbs up to me. I, unfortunately, I wish the director would have had more funds. But that's, a, honestly, that's not a huge complaint. But it is. I have to bring it up because that was something that something that I docked at some points for sure. was the fact that that it just didn't have that. It, it was good enough. The story was so good that a little bit more money thrown at it, a little bit more polish, and that would have been fantastic. But yeah, it. I don't want to give too much away, but it it, it we, we get into some supernatural type stuff. But you especially highly recommend you watching. Okay. I, I think it's up your alley. I think it's 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 something that you would dig. All right. Well, I, I definitely will add or keep it on my queue, and I'll definitely give it a watch. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's shift over to my pick now, which was uh, Blood Glacier. Um. And I've got a very. <laughs> I watched it too. 
<laughs> I've got a very special kind of review for this, and that is uh, when I want to remember sometimes I, I take my little Clark Kent notepad in with me and I make notes along the way because sometimes I, I if it's, especially if I think it's going to be a bad movie or a good bad movie or whatever, I'll, I'll take notes so that I can remember my good jokes. And when I was all said and done, let's just put it this way. I'll, I'll kind of start. The first 30 minutes of this movie, I was shocked because with a title like Blood Glacier, I'm expecting horrible direct-to-video cheesy slasher where some Arctic expedition and there's either a monster or a somebody wielding a knife killing people and they you know that's a horrible title but what i did not expect was that this movie is indeed about a glacier of blood a literal blood glacier it's it, that the title is actually what it is so that, yeah. that part of my expectations were thrown off a bit so th- and that was a very good thing i'm say that in a positive because that made it instantly more interesting um but then after the f- first 30 minutes, things start to unravel, and, uh, yeah, downhill. So instead of trying to construct an actual review where I throw all of my note jokes in there, I'm just going to read it. That way Good. we can go down the list, and you can uh, take the ride of my notes and take in the film. Okay, so here we go. First 30 minutes. Not bad. There is an actual blood glacier in this movie. That's note one. Note two. Sound effects. Portable drill sounds like a construction site. They took a... This is a low-budget film, so they gotta... They gotta make... Perk things up in the way that you do with low-budget films, which is uh, in effects and sound editing and in post. And so what they did is they had a like a little piece of crap Makita drill with that portable with a two foot drill bit on it that they're trying to drill into this glacier to take core samples out of. But when they're drilling with this little drill and because I know what that sounds like, it sounds like me. I don't care what drill bit you put on the end. It was like, it sounded like a construction site in New York city, which cracked me up to no end. Kudos for working it in the effects, but in the post, but bring it back just a hair because no one in their right mind would believe that that instrument makes that noise. Okay, next note. Lazy dubbing. Now I'm not sure which movie or which country this movie came from. I'm assuming I, I was just calling it Swedish, and I didn't bother to do the research because I didn't care enough about the film. So we're gonna go with Swedish, Norwegian, whatever. Yeah. Um, it always seems like movies from that area, when they're dubbed, it just it it, it, it it's it's so lazy. It just sounds lazy. Like a guy will be running crazy. There's a monster, and I just saw it, and it was in my face and just attacked me. And he's like, "I should go over to my hut. I, I'll just go over there." The dude's running around and screaming and bloody, and you're just, okay. It just seems so lazy, but I I think it's a translation problem that the dubbers can't dub well to that uh, language or something. I have no idea. And and if I'm I'm just going to interject just a second here. Uh, I I do think that, you know, I think that if that movie would have been subtitled, it would have 
helped the movie um, because, yeah, the dubbing was atrocious in that. But so. by the time I thought about it, I didn't care enough about the movie to even go check if Netflix had the subtitles. I was like, whatever. They, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> Next note. Um, pretty darn good creature effects. A lot of them were practical, which yes, was were. which I was very impressed with, and I really liked the creature designs. That was cool. I, suddenly I was getting pulled back in again. So I was like, that was cool. Uh, having these actual bug things that came out of the... Uh, Blood Glacier. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I still don't even understand what the movie was totally about because it no, was I mean, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, next note. And I'm just rereading these, these notes for the first time. I didn't even want to look at them. Um, <laughs> erase board covered with scribbles. Did you notice that? At one point, they go. Uh, the one scientist was going to explain to the other scientist the science of these creatures and the blood and why it's all happening and whatever. And he walks up to the erase board in this scientific hut and it's covered in scribbles. Just just scribbles. Just in different colors. It wasn't it wasn't even pretending to be math or language. It was waves. Somebody drew multicolored waves, and so he gets up there and grabs the eraser and quickly erases all this bullshit so that he can draw his picture of a stick man or whatever. Little things like that stick in my craw. I'm like, dude, you're a low-budget film. You couldn't take two seconds to throw up some sort of fake math equation. (laughs) Yeah, you have practical effects, but you can't even draw something on a a whiteboard. Yes. Our main hero is a poor man's Swedish McCready from the thing. Yes, he is. <laughs> and it, so for most of it, it was working fine. But then at some point, about halfway through, he takes his hat off and he's really bad bald with the hair around the sides. And it's so the hair around the sides is long, but he's kind of bald on top. And I'm and with a beard. And I'm like, oh, dude, you were working fine until that. Just leave the hat on. It's cold. <laughs> Yeah. But as soon as he took that hat off, I couldn't take him serious the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, okay, then in the film, I'm also trying giving a synopsis along the way for our listeners. Um, then in the film about, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I don't know when it actually, a third of the way through. Um, this, this, this group is coming up to the science people hut up oh. on the glacier. And for whatever reason. And the one guy is our Swedish McCready's ex-girlfriend, we assume, and she's way out of his league. I, 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 we always come across this in these Swedish-Norwegian films because all the guys are hideous or they're, they look like gay models, and the women are incredibly hot and way out of their league, but apparently there is no other men in Sweden. So he's talking to her on the walkies and saying, don't come. And it's dangerous and whatever. I'm just going, I'm just sitting there the whole time going, I, I don't believe you ever had a relationship. Yeah. Not for a minute. But in our group, we have Swedish Tom Hardy and Santa Claus. And yes. all their trail veils to get to the hut being attacked in the wide open. Those two would be the most logical to die first. And they don't die. And then my note says, oops, Tom Hardy is dead. <laughs> so <laughs> I know which one you're the one guy. About. <laughs> You thought would make it because he's the decent looking one. He dies. The fat, ugly Santa Claus one. He's still going. Um, Okay, next note. I have the thing crossed with question mark. I couldn't even think of another movie. 
it's I, no, uh, by the time yeah, it was all done, it was kind of a ripoff of the thing. It was, yeah. It, at the end of the day, it's a ripoff of the thing. Yep. And next note, and this would be at about three fourths of the way through the film. I wrote again with the dog lovers, and oh, that is in a yes. reference to Man of Steel, where I. I have said many times, no farmer would go rush into a gigantic tornado to save a dog. That would never happen, ever. The only people that can conceive of that happening are people that don't live around any sort of rural area. Uh, and same with this movie. They got this dog that they're greatly attached to, and, you know, I could maybe even buy that if not for the fact that this dog has some gigantic alien... Legion growing on its ass where it got bit by one of these blood glacier creatures and it's pulsating like it's so obviously horrible and in pain and about to sprout some other demon thing and and for half the movie they just oh we'll heal it and we'll dab it with a little Vaseline and it'll get better or something and I'm like no one would ever no one would ever do like you would no. kill that thing instantly like yeah. you take one look at that wound and it's like give me a rock and i i don't mean to sound like you know kill any animal that has a malady but when it's something that's going to sprout into a demon it's you're done. you're done you're done you're done yeah okay then we get into the third act where i have <laughs> lots of screaming dot 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 santa is crying in a corner <laughs> And didn't the lady say something? Didn't she? Ma- she made some random weird comments too. The old lady um, who is some sort yeah, of politician or something that yeah, didn't make any some sense. Sort of politician and and yeah, Santa is crying in a corner. I was actually still amazed he was still alive. But yes, the old man Santa was literally in the corner. <laughs> Badly dubbed. <laughs> and then for the end, I have oh look. The uh, boy and the girl survived and learned to love again. With with baby alien in tow. With that, I, I mean, yes, I forgot about that. Yes, with baby crazy alien. We're not spoiling it for you. Don't even bother watching this movie. Yeah, You're I not missing not. anything. Yeah, I agree. So, I, I, as for an actual score, I mean, five. The total middle of the road. It wasn't painful to sit through. I was amused. Yeah, I'll never watch it again. If you're looking for something to throw back the drinks and watch kind of a bad movie to make fun of, but it is still watchable, go for it. But other than that, you can skip Blood Glacier. (laughs) But it was, I'll give it this, way better than I was expecting. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I think that if it would have been properly uh, subtitled in their native language, I think it would have helped the movie. It would have, it's still a cheapy creature feature, but it, but... Having said that, it's, yeah, it maybe a half, I don't know. It would have helped, but it's still, after the first 30 minutes, it went straight into cliches and stupidity and, eh. Yeah, well, the, uh, well, the, uh, Here Comes the Devil, that definitely falls into Gem in the Rough. That was a, uh, uh, very glad I watched that, one of those, I'll, Definitely be rewatching that. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up getting that on Blu-ray if I can find it for cheap. Cool. Well, I'm going to mark Here Comes the Devil as a thumbs up and Blood Glacier as a thumbs down. Yeah. Yep. As at the end of the day, that's that's what it would be. Okay, let's move on. Spending more than enough time on Blood Glacier. New picks. What do you want to do this week? I have uh, Blu-ray that you can have. I have DVD that would be family-friendly. 
and or we can go blind roulette again. What do you want to do? It's up to you. I like I like blind roulette. That's what I've kind of got on my list here of ones because I found some really good ones. In fact, I'm I'm curious as to what you're going to pick because all of them I think are possible wins. But at the same time, four I have five here. I will just kind of go down through the list. But I there's one that I'm guessing is probably a, a sure thing, but I'm not 100 percent sure. But the other ones are hmm. Hold on. Queuing up IMDb on my phone so that I can uh, glance at these real quick. Uh, go ahead. Give me the give me the first one. Okay, first one is probably the one that uh, got the most. Uh, well, the first two actually probably had the most recognition, got some uh, accolades. In fact, the first one, uh, big Oscar winner, and or, uh, the actor is an Oscar winner, um, and that is All Is Lost. I almost added that one for you this week. <laughs> uh, that's Robert Redford, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, he, I think the movie is essentially a one-man show of a guy trapped or stuck on a boat yeah. and bad things happen. So I thought it sounded really good. Never saw it, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw that one in there. That's the first one. Second one, because uh, I, th- I have a feeling that that's probably going to be good regardless. Second one uh, is another theatrical release that both of us actually had wanted to watch, and we tried to watch it together, uh, but it just didn't work out. Um, and that's Out of the Furnace. Okay. And that there, for some reason, it looked really good, but that there, I think, could go either way. It looks it just looks it, it looks good, but it's uh, that one's with uh, Christian Bale and uh, his brothers come as a marine that comes back from the war, and he's fighting and under underground fist fighting fight club yeah. things and West Virginia or something. And then, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be extremely depressing. I, yeah, it, it looks again, that looked like total Oscar baiting to me. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, next, uh, next is, um, a movie with Kurt Russell, big fan of Kurt Russell. Mm. Never saw this. I'm not sure if this hit the theaters or not, but it's called the art of the steel. Nice. That, okay. That's also in my queue, but, Yep, all three of those are in my queue. <laughs> Next one is the one that I had never heard of. The cover looked cool, and the synopsis looked really cool. Hey, it's called we got the Conspiracy. Three. We got three. Oh, okay. Well, save that for I the wanna... next one. I, I haven't seen any of those, so those all qualify. Okay, there's no need okay. to go any further, sir. Um, okay. Oh boy. Whoa! What to pick? What to pick? What to pick? Let me think about that for a minute while I give you mine. Okay. How's that sound? Ooh, okay. Uh, and since we went so horror heavy last time with the blind, yeah. I decided this time I'm not gonna. I wasn't steering away from horror, but I was trying to go look for nine, just in case. Um, so I actually all three of mine border on science fiction. Oh, cool. Uh, so for you, the first one I have is Mister Nobody. Ah, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. The last mortal in a world of immortals, Nemo Nobody, begins reviewing his life at the age of 120, trying to determine if he made the right decisions. So there's that one. Next we have How I Live Now. Also with big names, uh, this was 2013, an American teen summer romance with an English boy comes to an abrupt end when rumors of World War III become a reality. Ah. That trailer looked pretty sweet. Okay. Um, and lastly, we have Plus One. At the biggest bash of the year, three college buddies find themselves pitted against their doubles as 
the night turn takes a supernatural turn. And if you watch the trailer, they actually it, it, it alludes to some like borderline time travel stuff where they go back and try and fix something that happens at the party. And so each trip through the party, they have to avoid their other past selves. So there's like multiples of each of them running around this party. What's that called again? Plus one. Plus one? Yep. Because I'm looking it up on IMDb now and nothing is... Sympathy for... Uh, no, it, hold on a second. Oh, there we go. There, like It's the actual, like, the symbol well, plus and the number one. Well, that's what it has on the cover on Netflix, but it says plus one in the title. I don't know. It, oh. yeah, it could be the actual plus one. Okay, and what was the second one again? Um, How I Live Now. How I Live Now. Wow, boy, I didn't even see these on uh, Netflix. I Yeah, I've, I've posted the trailer. That is, uh, oh, I can never pronounce her name. Sour East Ronan? Sour, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Sorry, I'm an idiot. But... And it sounds a little rom commy, but if you actually watch the trailer, it's not. It it didn't. It, it felt like that was just a first thirty minutes kind of thing. And then okay. it, and then it turns into like like they're in the English countryside, and then uh, like bombs start blowing up like on the horizon, and they have to learn how to survive. And stormtroopers coming for them. It, it got crazy. It, it looked interesting. I have okay. I have no idea. I have no no idea on any of these three. These are total, uh, yeah. totally blind. So it, they could all be horrible. I have no idea. Mister Nobody looked really good though. Yeah, that that one there. I'm guessing uh, will be a. I don't want to say sure thing, but probably the closest to a sure thing. Yeah. Uh, beca- and because of that, I am actually going to pick something that I am a little bit more not sure of. And so plus one sounded very interesting. The most interesting of, of the bunch. Um, so I'm going to pick plus one. Okay. I think that I will take... Oh, boy. The Art of the Steel is really tempting. But I think I'm going to take All is Lost because I think that I could watch The Art of the Steel on my own, whereas All is Lost is one that I'll keep going to and going, eh, eh. Yep. So I'm going to make myself watch that one. Even though it looks, it looks what good. all about. Yeah. Even though it looks all it looks good, I just it, one of those little interesting concept. I'm here's what it is. I'm afraid that it's going to be uh, Ryan Reynolds and buried again, buried. Yes, exactly. Yeah, one guy stuck. I'm like, oh, okay. And um, that that movie didn't do it for me. No, me neither. It it that was a that was a great thirty minute short film. Drawn out uh, to a grueling. I, you know, I even minutes. watched the whole thing. I just hated the ending. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was a great exercise in filmmaking, and it would have worked it, it if they would have had a better ending. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. There we have our picks right. for uh, next time. All is lost and plus one. The anti horror blind roulette. Yes. <laughs> Okay, real quickly, moving on, I wanted to touch on an email that uh, Stephen from Cinema Sidekick sent me. Um, I'm not going to bring up the actual... Maybe I do have it here. Let me see. Okay. Dear Freaks, 
Uh, I started rewatching The Wire recently on Amazon Prime. I know it's common for people to say it's one of the best shows ever. Nonetheless, I completely agree with that statement. For my money, it's the best TV drama I've ever seen. So I was wondering your thoughts on the show, if you guys have seen it, and if not, I can't recommend it highly enough. P.S. Love the show. Steven Cinema Sidekicks. If you, uh, any of our listeners are not familiar with that show, you need to be. Uh, they are on iTunes and YouTube and everywhere. Just look for Cinema Sidekicks. And go listen to their show because we, we certainly we're both guests. We're both on there. We're going to do another big uh, double header episode with them sometime in the near future. Um, when both my t- uh, my kids have a handle on their teething issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it sucks, but I I haven't seen The Wire. I've never I haven't read one negative thing about that show on the internet. Every single person talks about that show, and I've I haven't seen any of it. I would love to start watching it. Um, the only problem is that it's not going to come to Netflix, and the reason for that is actually a little bit of news that came out in the last week or two, and that is that uh, they're cleaning that thing up. Originally, it was shot in widescreen. Uh, as, like, film stock, and then when it was... uh, I'm paraphrasing from an article, so if I get my facts way wrong here, sorry. An article I read two weeks ago. Um, It was originally shot movie style, widescreen, film, everything, and then was broadcast in 4.3, full frame, and I believe its releases were all full frame as well, like DVD. And then um, now they're cleaning it up, Restoring the original widescreen, um, up-converting HD, all that jazz, and then it it's going to be on HBO Go. Because HBO, Go, HBO has their own Netflix thing now called HBO Go, so if you're going to want to watch it, that's the next place that it's coming. Other than paying for all the seasons on Amazon Prime, or renting them there. And Ooh. with the amount of stuff that I have on my queue to watch, I'm not paying it i don't have i don't have any extra funds to pay to watch a whole other show i'm going to watch it eventually but as highly regarded as that show is it's not going anywhere it's not one of those things that's going to vanish and never be heard from again so it'll be around i'll get around to it and like i said i really want to watch it but i'm i don't have any extra money to pay for it right now so it sounds like they're doing something very similar with The Wire as what they are doing and are actually wrapping up with Star Trek Next Generation, which is it was shot on film, going back, cleaning it up because that would mean the, the standard definition stuff looked lousy, but now it looks you know theatrical quality, uh, Next Generation. But that was all – had to remaster it, new special effects, blah, 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 Blu-ray, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they're kind of doing something very similar to that. It is, but they're also, it's a, it's a, I'm not even sure what that actually aired on. I was thinking that aired on FX or something like that. I did too, yeah. But I, I, from what I read, it, it led me to believe that it's going to be on HBO Go. Maybe hmm. they have the rights to it or it was a, or FX, uh, is a subsidiary of HBO or something like that. Um, very probable, but that's what I heard that it's getting cleaned up, restored in HD and restored to widescreen and going to HBO Go. So HBO shows like if like for example uh, True Detective, which is a fantastic show, that was an HBO original series. I'm guessing that that probably won't be seeing Netflix anytime soon. Uh, I I can't imagine ever because it, they HBO Go wants to promote their thing. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Go pay for their service. Yeah. 
which a lot of people will do, and that's a good thing. You know, that's fine. Go do that. I, I'm not one of those guys that I need Netflix and Hulu Plus, and I need to pay my my seven ninety nine on three different services. I, I I when I run out of stuff to watch on Netflix, I'll look at those ideas. But till then, I don't see that happening yeah. anytime soon. Um, Every now and then, it's like, oh, come on, something new on Netflix, and then they release like a hundred fifty movies all yeah. at once. Every month, every they're they're now like in a monthly. I don't know if they always were doing it in a monthly cycle or if I just found the right yeah. websites to find out what they're releasing. But uh, the first of the month, every month, it's wham bam, and it's not always a lot of new stuff. But every now and then, they get a boatload of new stuff. Yeah, I do wish. I do wish. Um, again, with with how physical media is going, I wish that. Netflix once, and I know that this is a prior rights issue. I really wish that once it's on Netflix, it's kind of almost archived on Netflix, and it's just there. Because so many times where you're like, ah, there's a cool movie, I'm gonna watch that down the road, and then it's gone. It's like, ah, come on, guys. I wish so too. I wish so too, but it'll never be like that. I know. Unless, unless you know, it'd be the kind of thing where. Is is Netflix? See, I I, again, I'm an idiot. I don't know. Netflix, their own company? Are they not owned by some bigger company? Like, for example, if Disney bought Netflix, then they would put all their stuff on, and it would always be there. You know what I'm saying? I think so. Yeah. Or like the uh, Netflix originals that they're doing now; those will always be there. They won't. Yeah. Why would they ever take those off? They don't have to pay anybody for rights to those. Unless yeah. unless they have to pay extra uh, back end to actors and stuff, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure how that works, but boy, there's been different movies where like, oh, that's right, that was on Netflix and it's in HD, and I I don't have it in on Blu-ray or whatever. It's gone. Yeah, I know, I know, it stinks, but but that's Netflix making the rough for us. <laughs> yeah, because that stuff right. comes and goes. I see yeah. Chinatown gets deleted and re-added because they keep redoing the deals. They have to redo the deals with so many different uh, other corporations and whatever. Yeah. That who knows? Maybe they're we don't know. Maybe they're on a uh, six-month deal with Chinatown because I swear I see that thing pop up as re-added, and I'm like, that what? that was still there. I don't, was it gone? Did it go away? You know, or it goes away for a week and it comes back. A great example: um, Invaders from Mars, the uh, Tobe Hooper movie. From the 80s. I'm actually halfway through watching that movie again. And it's a cool little 80s sci-fi movie. It's it's kind of like... It has that Goonies feel to it. Um, that movie, it's in HD. It looks great. I bet you money that thing will not be on in another two months. I, I'm not sh- for sure, but uh, Scream Factory bought the rights to that movie. So if that's the case, when they release that on special deluxe awesome yep. Blu-ray... It's gone. That's going to go away. It's gone. So that's, that's, if that's one I can promise you. Invaders from Mars, If you, for the five people out there that might want to watch it, <laughs> it's not going to be on there for very, very long because it seems like all the time whenever a movie that, that is going to be released from Scream Factory, Prince of Darkness was on there, Leviathan was on there, a bunch of Scream Factory released movies were on there and gone. And it's because they have the rights to it. And once that thing is released on Blu-ray, bye-bye. A lot of people get mad about that with Netflix, but I actually kind of dig it because it's sort of like your 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 pool of what you can pick is constantly changing. So if you really want to watch something, you better get on it. My my only yeah. complaint is if you catch it at the wrong 
time because I started watching Dexter a couple of years ago. And then I, I got yep. through season one, which was a 10. Amazing. And then I watched a couple episodes of season two, and I came across the first of the month, and it was gone. And I didn't get to... And then it was it was three years later till that it got re-added. And I was able... And then I just burned through it as fast as I could go because I was... Yeah. I didn't want to miss another second. But yeah. I, you'll have that. What are you going to do? You know, when you're paying so little, you can't complain too much. Yeah. Because seriously, like, for example, the uh, Here Comes the Devil, to me, that was good enough to where for eight bucks, I'm like, I would have rented that. I would have gone to see that in the theater. That was a good enough movie where that that paid for itself, I think. So that's like for every gem in the rough that you get in a month's time, I think Netflix is such a great deal. I completely agree. Uh, even at twenty, even at twenty bucks, I would—I hate to say it—but I would probably pay twenty bucks a month for that thing. With, I, with how much the kids watch, uh, and how much we're watching all the time. Think about all those kids shows that you don't have to buy on DVD. Exactly, and it's—it's it's the same for me. We've—I've talked about it with the wife before, where they, well, this last time was a year or two ago, where they did a little bump, where they split their streaming and and DVD mailers. And yeah, it used to be you could get the. A DVD mailer one at a time and the streaming for seven ninety nine a month and then they split it to where it was seven ninety nine for each. And I was yep. like, Okay, that's fine, I don't need the mailers anymore. And a lot of people got up were really mad about that. They keep things cheap forever and it's like, man and they're the same people that gripe that there's not enough new stuff. Dude, if you want more of that new stuff, you're gonna have to pay. And to be honest, when I cut the cord with the satellite, I'd easily go to twenty bucks on Netflix. Easily. And I'm yeah. and I'm with it till then. After that, we're gonna start having some questions, yeah. because you're pushing TV satellite and it's satellite numbers and cost, and I don't want that. <laughs> and cable, yeah, exactly. I mean, we don't have we don't subscribe to the uh, the Hulu Plus or anything. We have seven ninety nine a month for our Netflix feed. That's it. The end. Done. Yeah. And it's for what they offer, man. I'm impressed. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's move off of that and move on to something else. Um, we're being very informative right now, so do you want to jump into this uh, 4K and Atmos thing, or do you want to go into Recently Watched? Because I've got like what? half a Let's... dozen Recently Watched. I'd almost rather go into that and rabbit the, trail the, from that. The Atmos and uh, yeah, 4K? Yeah, we can touch on that later. That's not going anywhere. It's not like it's some big current news story. It, none, neither of it's been released, so we could very easily yeah. tackle that next episode. I have a feeling that's going to be a rabbit trail that goes down far. I I do too, but I'd rather <laughs> and I'd rather backburner that in favor of the recently watched. Gotcha. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Let's just ping pong it back and forth right here. I'll uh, I'll start. Okay. Um, Riddick. Ooh. I rewatched Riddick. I got the unrated director's cut, courtesy of my buddy who sent me the voodoo code. Thank you. Oh, so you watched the unrated? Great, good. Yes. Yep. And this was my second time, and uh, I'm so conflicted on this movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I totally dig everything Riddick. I I love it. I, I'll thumbs up right off the bat. But it's an odd movie, man. It, it's an, it, it is because it it repeats st- the uh, previous movies and tries to recapture uh, the first movie. If you're not familiar with the Riddick series, then there's no bother me. There's no point in me giving a synopsis of this because it's it's the third or fourth one, however you want to figure it. Um, 
But again, like uh, the first thirty minutes are the strongest bit, where he's alone on the planet. Okay, that was so good. it's so yeah. good. I, I I could have watched that even longer. And even where they bring back some of the uh, the bring back the bounty hunters, and then the one bounty hunter is old school beef with from the first movie, and that's fine. But then the the creatures they bring in the third act again, it or halfway through whatever. It's such a repeat of the first one. It's like, I know you're trying to repeat the first one, but did it have to be so specifically a repeat of the first one? Like, you, you know what I mean? They Everything the same. They had to go get the energy modules somewhere and get them back to the ship. It's exactly the same as the first film. Yeah, so it was. Even though it was entertaining, I'm still going, eh... I've seen this before, and eh, whatever. I'm definitely going to give it a thumbs up. I still very much enjoyed it, and it's. I love David Twoey. I just I like he, his movies. He hasn't made one bad movie. I yet. just like his movies, but for me, I'm more the sci-fi guy. So I, I want more of the necromonger stuff, and the unrated version definitely added more of that at the end. And yeah, it did. And they said that they kind of want to go horror sci-fi, horror sci-fi with the sequels. And that's oh, what that's they're doing. Cool. So I, I really hope the next one is more like Chronicles of Riddick, Riddick Part 2, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I really like the sci-fi nature of that. Yeah. Yeah, I have that on Blu-ray, and I uh, and I and the first time I saw that was in the IMAX theater down in Florida, and I, I love the movie. I get what you're saying, though. It is essentially a more polished version of the first one, um, more... more Bone crunching action. I mean, because it's they earn their R rating in spades in that movie. It's 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 up there, and I I totally dug it. But yeah, I get what you're saying as far as it's they they totally went in a different direction with the second Riddick movie. Didn't do as good. It was a big budget flop essentially, and that's why they went more of the uh, lean mean what worked with the first one type of thing. So that flop I was really like that series. That flop was undeserved in my opinion. I think yeah, that, that was, there was something else big came out that week, and there was also a big difference between the theatrical cut and the director's cut. Because the theatrical yes, cut big. I really liked, but I was like, that was kind of weird. And then the unrated director's cut was like way more in-depth with the with the details of this alien race and everything going on. And I was like, that was way better. You just created yes. this... You took it out of horror land and made it a great big science fiction kind of fantasy adventure thing. But that's fine. But, uh, you know, a lot of horror people were like, oh, that's bullshit. Give me the aliens. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, your turn. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've got a couple that I want to go over. Um, I'm going to actually, because this is going to be a, a good conversation piece, so I'm just going to get this one out of the way because we're going to have a little bit of conversation on this one. But I watched The Machine. Oh, no. Uh, I don't like the your tone of the way you started that. <laughs> oh, uh, but I, and so I was thinking that this was going to be the robot movie with Antonio Banderas in it. No, it was not that. No. And after the opening credits, I'm like, boy, no Antonio Banderas, and this doesn't feel like he's going to be in it either. And it was not it's Antonio not that Banderas. Movie. <laughs> that movie you're thinking of, what is that one called? It looks it looks so cool. It looks I, great, yeah. but it's it's not out yet. <laughs> no, because 
so anyway, yeah. So I watched this uh, the the machine, and um, similar to uh, here comes the devil in, in being very ambitious with their budget, um, but. I gotta tell you, I was pretty bored. Yeah. <laughs> the script was good, I, and the script was very good. They had a good script, but they needed more money to back that up. I think uh, more. I don't know. I just oh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna disagree on this one. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be, make for some good conversation here, and uh, I, you know, by the end, I'm like, come on, let's go. No, not me, not even for a second. <laughs> Yeah, I was going. Let's make last longer, please. Just keep going. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm looking for the name of that Antonio Bandera, Automata. Oh, okay. So, because I, I I was thinking that that was what it was, and when you said, "Oh, this thing, the machine is on Netflix," I'm gonna watch it. I'm like, "Oh, is that the one that that cool looking Antonio Banderas movie?" And so I started watching. Like, I told you, I was like, "No, no, it's not that." <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you at least watch it with sound? Oh yes. Okay, yes. so you could see what I was talking about with the. With, oh, I, I should give with a synops- synopsis of this thing. Hold on a sec. Let me cue this up real quick. Here we go. Uh, the machine during a cold war, Britain's Ministry of Defense steals the first ever self-aware cyborg and trains it to become a brutal fighting machine. That's eh, a very vague synopsis, but it's sort of like this scientist is uh, working on brain implants and AI and working with the military because that's the only way he can get his funding. And his ultimate goal is to save his daughter who's struggling with some disease or brain issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost like autism. I thought it was she was very kind of autistic. Um, and so he's kind of trying to bilk the military to use his expertise to create one thing to solve another problem. Uh, he gets a new assistant who seems very enlightened and, and helpful. And then uh, also Britain's in war with China. China's trying to take over the world or something. Uh, the new assistant runs into some Chinese terrorist or something and gets killed very early on in the movie. And then is re her, since her brain was scanned or whatever, she was reintroduced as this first prototype AI robot. And he's working with her to try and, again, get to his end goals. And she believes that they have some semblance of a relationship because she has the memories of this assistant girl. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit better synopsis. But the, the British military want her as a weapon. And so they're constantly manipulating her when he's not around. This is, in the way that House of the Devil was a throwback to 70s horror... This is a throwback to 70s science fiction. It's it's not action-packed. It is uh, cerebral sci-fi at its finest. This is Blade Runner without the action. It's, it's not action-packed. Most of it takes place in a warehouse where they're having conversations. Um, and they, they do great, interesting things. But one of the reasons I told you this is not a movie to watch with subtitles... For our audience, we have to watch movies with subtitles a lot because our kids are sleeping. And oh yeah, yeah. A lot of times, there's no sound. You gotta you gotta turn it down or put on some headphones or something. But this was one where I was like, you can't watch this with subtitles because the robots walk up to each other and they have other AI robots walking around, but they're kind of morons. Um, and so they communicate with each other like, 
they open their mouths and it goes and then they'll and I actually turn on the subs to see if they're if we're supposed to understand what they're saying and we're not so if you were just watching that in subtitle you wouldn't understand what's going on and then yeah. also when they are listening to human conversations it sounds kind of like um bumblebee and transformers where he's switching the radio and picking his lines so there's like it's hard, it's very hard to explain but when they're listening to human conversations they're like picking out what they're listening to so that the audience knows what they're paying attention to. Is this line and this line and this line and this line. So I can't even imagine what the subtitle mess would have been like on that. Yeah. Um, but at any, any rate, things go from bad to worse and to... It reminded me Terminator 3. That's what this came into at the end. The end of Terminator 3, that was this at the same time. You understand? If, the, if this is the oh, British yeah. version of Terminator 3 happening parallel... I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm giving this one an easy nine. I could even go oh, higher wow. on it. Oh, yeah, I loved it, dude. I <laughs> loved it. The score was totally John Carpenter, Vangelis from Blade Runner, 70s, just... That, that kind of uh, score that I, I adore more noise than actual music. I, I loved it. Um, but then again, I'm the hardcore sci-fi guy. You were expecting the action-packed Antonio Banderas Desperado yes, with robots. I, I told you. Oh, I told you. It's not that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, uh, come on. It, it, again, the acting was fine. The storyline itself, I I appreciate it as being very good. But for some reason, I'm just, by the time I'm done, I'm like, oh, this feels low budget. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you gave a thumbs up to that horrible 70s sci-fi piece of crap. What is it? Uh, the the robots up in space with what's his name? Oh, Silent Running. Oh, everybody <laughs> loves that movie. That movie sucks ass, man. Oh, <laughs> I was so bored watching that piece of junk. I, I was that's shocked. Not, when that's, you... that's weird because you're right. That was a it was a slow paced movie. But for some reason, I totally dug that. But this one here, I'm just. Come on, and I, it's probably because there was some cool CGI in it, and like they, the budget that they had, they used it sparingly, but they used it good. The CGI was really good, but I'm like, it just felt like it needed to be bigger to oh, me. It got so big at the end. I, I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but yeah, what happened yeah, at yeah, the end? A... I was I was rooting for him. What he did, I was totally. I was wishing would happen, and I thought there is no way that they're going to do that. And then they did it, and I was so happy. I was rooting for him so hardcore. I loved it. So, so the machine would have been your Netflix gem in the rough, and mine would be here comes the devil gem in the rough. Well, that's fine. But that, yeah, yeah I, I, that was me surfing the rough. But I figured I'd like that one because it, it's gotten a lot of good reviews. Excuse yeah, me. it has. It, it has. It was. Some of those special effects, though, where she's, like, dancing in the dark and glowing, and the uh, that was great, man. I, I yeah. thought that was so sweet. Well, and when they were making the, when they were making the AI uh, and the, the, um, the blood, I guess, whatever, was going into the form or whatever, that was sweet. Mm. So You could tell they yeah. had a limited, you're right, they had a limited budget, but I thought they used it very well. They had yeah. their kind of, okay, here's a big effect, and then you're back to people talking in a warehouse. Yeah. Again, it's not going to be for everybody. And, yeah. you know, when you it's say not, you yeah, say this, robots that's... and sci-fi, people get all jacked up, and here comes Will Smith and iRobot. We're going to shoot some stuff, and Sheila yeah. Booth is, uh, is a sidekick, and 
look at my yeah. tennis shoes and whatever. But you know, it's definitely not that. It's, it's definitely, definitely not that. that. No, but I, I, I totally loved it, man. I that was when I had the headphones in. I was listening to, and oh, I, 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 I was blown away. <laughs> but then again, that's because my expectation is this was a rough. This was a blind watch, so my yeah. expectations were tempered, and I, oh, I just totally dug that movie. I if I I think if I would have known and you, I I should have done a little bit more research, but I truly was thinking it was that Antonio Banderas movie. So I'm like, here we go. All right. <laughs> now that movie yes. that movie also looks very very awesome. Yes, it does. Okay, back to you. I yeah that sorry that was on my list and I took over your review anyway. Um, oh, uh, next down my list, I watched Avatar with the kid. Oh, this would be the two D. Actually, you know what? Hold on that. We'll save that for last because that could bleed over into our Atmos 4K discussion. Oh, okay. Um, I'll skip down to my next one, Dark Space. (laughs) We've been talking about it for a couple of episodes. I finally finished it. Dark Space, remember? I'm running through the woods. Oh, yes. yes. That one. Yes, I finally wrapped up that thing. Again, Uh first 30 minutes really brought my bar up where I was like, oh, this is going to be a gem. And then it just went bee, 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 and slowly went That's down, fine. down, yeah. down, down into just tear. By the halfway mark, I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> yep. Uh, so these people are going to joyride in a spaceship and uh, whatever. Tragedy happens and they crash land on some mysterious planet. And then there's some aliens, maybe, and then stormtroopers come and shoot everything up, and they have to work to escape, and there's some aliens, and they smile at each other at the end, and then they go. And you're just, okay, what, why? There's no explanation, nobody cares. Some of the CGI, the CGI fluctuates between great and god-awful, and the stormtrooper outfits looked cool when they weren't moving. Uh, but apparently these are like neon glow star troopers where they have all kinds of lights all over their helmets and outfits. And I'm like, if you're, if you're a soldier, don't you want to blend in, disappear? No, let's put flashy blinky lights on the front and outside of all of our, oh, stupid. There were so many things like that were just stupid. You're like, why, why, just why? Uh, That was so irritating, but, and it gets, it, it probably irritates us more because you're like, this thing probably had a couple of million dollar budget, probably did, and that's what yeah. they that's what they spent it on. Whereas you and I are no budget filmmakers, we can go ten thousand dollars. I wouldn't even know where to spend it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They obviously blew it all on on a couple of fantastic CGI scenes because yeah, there was a couple CGI scenes that were like, whoa, that's really good. But then the actors open their mouths and like groan, oh. and the planet, and you're like, oh, this is just some random woods and in the, America somewhere. Ugh, oh, one on. person gets hurt. Now we have to have the obligatory argument of one guy wanting to split up the team, and the other guy yeah, wanting must stay together. Yeah. And at that point, I'm I was so checked out by that point. I was like, please split up. That way, everybody can pick you off, and we can be done with this. But I hung with it to the end. It's definitely getting a thumbs down. But man, yeah, that was that was one that I was really hoping. I found a gem for Eugene. I found a sci-fi gem, and then you know. Eh, anyway, I, I find it so hard to believe that that filmmakers can go and 
come up with a great first half hour. Even even the Blood Glacier that had a great premise, or not great, but a good premise, a good setup, and then it's just how can you bungle it so much like that? Like it's almost a good script. It's almost like they get bored, or it's it's the Sharknado thing where people are watching this bullshit, so they're it's going to make some money, or they're making it on such a budget that they can. I make a living. Do you want to make a living as a McDonald's filmmaker where you're just like, oh, here's your Sharknado 3 script. Well, what's this yeah. one about? Oh, you crash land on a planet and there's some aliens and some other guys show up. We'll give you two Stormtrooper outfits. The rest will all be CGI. That's all that's in the budget. Can you make that work? And you're going, this script is terrible. Why would I make this movie? And they go, we'll pay you $10,000. For a, okay, for like three—that's got to be what three weeks worth of work. They ain't filming that thing for three months. The, no. the actual filming of that thing is a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, would you turn down twenty k for three weeks of work? I mean, that yeah, exactly. it's a tempting thing, but then you know you're sacrificing my art artistry. Yeah. I can understand how people get into that and and become just that cliche kind of. You know, I'm making a product film. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's. I hate to keep. We always. It's like we bring up Asylum every episode, but that is that is the framework of a company like Asylum. Is people watch our crap and we'll throw a little bit of money for some bad CGI and it'll be kind of funny, sort of. So and some fake gore, and people watch it and we have a. You know, we're making our thing. And it, you know, it, it's getting harder for me to really knock Asylum because. It, when we were growing up in the 80s, what was Asylum? Canon. Canon. And we love yeah. Canon. Oh, so, yeah. So now people are, you know, people growing up now don't get Canon. Yeah. You know, because they're like, it's 80s old, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're, they're going, Asylum, Sharknado, woo! And <laughs> it's terrible. But then I think, yeah, I just watched American Ninja on Netflix, which is a Canon <laughs> movie. I'm like, that was sweet, and it was terrible. <laughs> And it's like that. <laughs> and Alan Quartermain. And, you know, it's like, oh, Alan Qu- and, and think, if we had Sharknado when we were kids and we were that age, we would have. Oh, fl- oh my. Uh, mega Sharktopus versus Octomega, whatever the crap. We would have yeah. lost our minds. Those were the things yeah. that we sat around going, could you imagine? What if there was a shark, and, but it had tentacles and it came on land? And, you know, we, we, we talked about that kind of stuff when we were kids. Now they get to just kind of do it. Because it does, you know, it's CGI and doesn't cost that much. Yeah, we would have lost our minds watching that stuff as kids. We would have loved so it. There's, but. there's obviously a market for this stuff because it's, it's there's like a new asylum movie every month it seems. So there's obviously a market for that crap. That's not going away. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so okay, so uh, back to me real quick here. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Oh boy, I had a bunch, and part of me wants to hit on on Tarantino because I've watched. Um, I've watched two Tarantinos since the last podcast. Go for it. We need, we need something good in this uh, menagerie yeah. of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on it's between Django or Kill Bill. I'm going to touch on Kill Bill mainly because I watched a fan-made edit of uh, The Whole Bloody Affair. So uh, basically what this guy did is he took the Blu-rays of uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2 he edited them together, and then he spliced in all of the Japanese unrated footage from DVD quality into the movie, as well as a couple other scenes from um, 
is it uh, Clan of the White Lotus? The the old probably the old I I own it, but I, I I own it, but I haven't watched the whole bloody affair fan edit. I also have it, but I haven't I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, but he actually splices in uh, when uh, when Bill is talking to uh, the bride about you know there was Pime. the monster. Pime, yeah, when blah blah blah, and they actually then he puts in flashbacks from the actual movie that Bill is talking about, and it's really really cool actually. So badass. Yeah, it's it, the it it is truly even though this is a fan edit, it truly does give the movie a different feel. It feels like one epic long four hour movie, um, but and I would imagine if they ever actually get around to doing it, it's going to be that. But just the VH or the DVD footage is going to be. Up, it's going to be in Blu-ray quality, but it is one full. All the chapters are there. Uh, now, are 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 the chapters in any different order? Um, I thought that there was one part where I'm like, that doesn't seem in place. But it was so seamless that, other than the parts where you're like, ooh, all of a sudden it's kind of DVD quality. Other than that, it was a cohesive four-hour movie. I was impressed. No, I, I, was, I believe that, but I I had heard that. He moved some things from part two to part one and vice versa because uh, of the split. And another thing that I heard about the split was that he actually, the anime section, uh, with the Lucy Liu character, Yeah, I heard that he wanted another uh, 30 minutes that he had, but they ran out of budget. Oh, wow. And I also I heard that he's doing that for the actual Whole Bloody Affair release, which is supposedly coming. Wow. So, I would love to see that. Give Oh, dude, give me an hour of that anime section. I loved that. That's, That's like, one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, But I heard that it was a budgetary thing, uh, and so that was trimmed in half. And then the whole, when it became obvious that it was going to have to be in two films, it was re-edited, and he moved some, moved some chapters around. Let's put it that way. Oh. Not necessarily that it was part one to two, but they, like the uh, Kill Bill part one starts off um, in very Tarantino fashion uh, before things that happen at the end of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like when she oh. pulls up to um, what's her name's house? Copperhead, uh, I think. Yeah, she pulls out the list, and already Lucy Liu's character is off of it. So all of that Japanese stuff or in Japan stuff took place. Before she rolls up on the what's your name's house, yeah, and that's like at the very beginning of Kill Bill, isn't it? Or very close to the yeah. beginning. Of yeah, Kill it Bill. is. Yeah, that's the very beginning. Oh, boy, I if I would have watched the actual Blu-ray releases recently, I could tell, but I haven't watched them in a couple of years. Well, I've watched them a stupid number of times. So when oh, I my. sit down and watch this, which I'm planning on doing, because all of us talking about it and the music I put in last episode, <laughs> oh. it, it made me just I'm dying to watch that movie again. So I'm. Gonna... It, it is something else to watch. Like at least even even if it's just a fan edit, it is cool to watch what they did and to watch it like even with the with the quality fluctuating every now and then with the, the Japanese DVD because um, there is no black and white uh, uh, fight scene so they, they get rid of that they just use the uh, the color stuff but it's it's such a that is after watching Inglorious Bastards I'm like boy Inglorious Bastards might be his best movie no no Kill Bill is his best movie <laughs> I love it but and it's good to hear that because I'm such a old school kung fu nut that it's good to have a little balance on the other side saying, no, that really is great. 
Yeah, it is. And, and in fact, watching Inglorious Bastards and then Kill Bill, and then I I, I'm, I won't get into to, to Django because I'm going to shoot it back to you, but all three of those had moments in it, which is so odd, had moments in it that I tear up every time I watch them, which is weird to me, but it's like there's a couple moments where I'm like, like, oh, man, I'm getting kind of teary-eyed here. This is crazy. It's, you know... Even looking for music uh, for the last episode, um, when I came across the music that played at the end of Kill Bill 2, uh, it as soon as I heard it, oh, just, as soon yeah, as I hit, uh, and she's driving and kind of or sitting in the bathroom and crying at the end of the film, and I, I was I, I was I was like, oh, I'm getting I'm getting mushy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And same goes with, with for for Django. I finished that up today, and when uh, when. Jimmy Fox walks into the room after uh, when he sees his wife for the first time and she's holding the glass and she drops the glass and whatever. And he says, you know, hi, whatever he calls her. And I'm like, oh, that's so it's such a great, powerful scene. And it's such a buildup. And you're like, oh, I'm getting watery eyed. That's that's good filmmaking. Yeah. A collection of fantastic moments, which is what Tarantino is best at. He is good at collecting scenes of fantastic moments. To yeah. where you can't narrow down which one is is the best because they're they're also great. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, yeah, but yeah, I mean, anybody that's listening to this knows by now. I mean, if if you're listening to us, more than likely you probably like Tarantino movies. Um, and so, Kill Bill, Whole Bloody Affair, fan of it was great. I can't wait to see eventually it come out. Uh, I heard. In, uh, I heard that he's going. He's waiting to get uh, that anime section worked up and he's got the budget for it you know because at the time when they released kill bill it was unknown if it's going to be a success or whatever mm-hmm. and it was so yeah. and there's enough call for it that i think that they can spend the money and restore his actual vision with that full-on scene make this thing a six-hour movie i don't care oh, i would love it yeah it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because now it seems like tarantino is pretty much a sure thing or close to a sure thing but when kill bill came out the last movie he had done was Jackie Brown, which was which did. Eh, I love it, but it did. Eh, yeah, it didn't do great. Pictures. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, Pulp Fiction. Everybody seemed to have watched Pulp Fiction, and then they went to Jackie Brown, which is totally different um, style. And so it was like then years later, it's Kill Bill. Is it? Is he still a viable player in Hollywood? Yes. <laughs> and that was one of one was you could. You could say that Kill Bill was was far more riskier than um, Jackie Brown because Jackie Brown oh, was yeah. uh, an Elmore Leonard book, which tend to do good. I mean, I, I, I hear about one being adapted every few years, and it seems maybe maybe I'm totally off on this. I could be completely wrong, but it seems to me like they do good bank. He's a very well-known author, and his books do good and sell gangbusters, whatever. Um so you would think that adding him to that mix would be a shoe in but Jackie Brown did middle. Eh, did not great. But I really like that movie. And, and oh, man, a lot that movie was great. Of, and I think it's found an audience later where people are going, no, 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 you need to check this. Everybody gets caught up in that freaking Pulp Fiction nonsense. And I did, honestly, I did too because I was expecting, okay, another gritty, violent, action-y-ish Crime Keeper. No, it's not. Well, it, Jackie Brown is not it that. Kinda is, but it's more mainstream than what Pulp Fiction is. Pulp Fiction's totally indie version of that. Yeah. 
as was Reservoir Dogs. And yeah. he went a little more mainstream with it, but maybe that's because of that's how the Elmore Leonard are more true to the Elmore Leonard book. Yeah. And then yeah, and then you go Kill Bill where it's like, who cares about old school kung fu? Well, you know what? A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And who cares about old cheesy seventies westerns? Uh actually a lot of people a do. A lot of people, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, I'm going to touch on Avatar real quick, and we're going to wrap okay. things up. Um, okay. So, Avatar. Um, you know this from our conversations in the past. I don't know that I've touched on it since uh, we've been doing the pod. My first viewing of it was in IMAX, and <laughs> this was the birth of the new 3D. And I said about a year and a half before Avatar came out, I... I made the bold prediction that this is going to be the biggest movie of all time because of James Cameron and Titanic, and I just had the vision of what he is doing. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. It's going to be the biggest movie ever. And a lot of people laughed at me and called me an idiot. And then uh, I'm like, okay, this is a 3D thing. I'm going to go watch this in IMAX down in Columbus. Mm, Excuse me. And so me and my buddies and future wife on a date, one of our first dates, head down there, get a little lost around town because it's a little bit of a scramble around those uh, uh, by roads, uh, the circle by roads around the town. I, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. And by the time we get there, we're running a little bit late, and we end up having to sit in the third or fourth row of an IMAX screen. And what this did is completely eliminate any possibility of a peripheral line. Um, which is the way that you need to view 3D. If you're going to watch a 3D movie, you need to sit about four rows closer than you're ever comfortable. you got to get rid of that peripheral, because while every advertisement would have you believe that the 3D explodes past the black bars of the screen on the left and right and top and bottom, it does not, it cannot, and it never will, at least in our present technological state. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see that, I was like 3D, and the guy is like hanging above the TV. I'm like, that's impossible. <laughs> yep. Until holograms become until a thing. holograms, that's it's not happening that way. Once you reach that barrier within your vision of left, right, top, bottom, you're done. Um. So anyway, we sat. We're forced to sit that close because we were late, and the theater was packed, and it's IMAX. And we were way too close. If we had been five rows back, we still would have been too close. But we didn't have any. We didn't have any other option. We were that close. So you're in for the ride. And I'll tell you, in the first half an hour, when Jake Sully floating in space before he even gets to Pandora, we were floating in space because we were that close to the screen. Obviously, we all had headaches leaving the theater. Now, I absolutely loved the film the first time I saw it. It was amazing. It was a mind-blowing visuals. Mind-blowing. Um, I'm not set up for 3D at home because I refuse to deal with those edge lines. I uh, do not have the capability to get rid of them at this point in time. Therefore, I'm not going 3D right now because it would be a waste of money. I, I'm not going to... Seriously, I'm sitting 30 feet away from a 50-inch... Your 3D ain't going to do jack. It's not going to do nothing. I'm not even bothering with it. So I got the Blu-ray version 2D very cheap. Because I want to see, you know, it's a good movie. Even even still, it's a good movie. 
watched it again, found out that uh, the director's cut is better, but the flaws start to stand out when you're watching it in 2D because you're not mesmerized by the 3D. And uh, the daughter has been wanting to watch it for some time, and finally it's like, okay, we're ready to rewatch it. Let's watch it with her. And she enjoyed it. It took us two weeks to watch it because, you know, yeah. it, it's watching with the kids and they got bedtimes and we have very young kids. So you're watching it 45 minutes. And I actually watched about like the first hour and a half and then we watched like another 45 minutes and then we watched the rest of it. Because it's, it's when the director's cut, you're, it adds like 15, 20 minutes. You're pushing, yeah. you're over three hours. And I had to explain a lot to her, which took away from it. And, you know, dealing with family stuff, and you got to pause every 10 minutes to deal with this kid needs a bottle, and that kid needs that, and blah, blah, blah. But overall, still, it, that is one of the very few exceptions where 3D improves the movie. In 3D, that was mind-blowing. Watching it in 2D, you start to see the flaws in the acting, the writing, the everything. The writing especially. Is that a generic throwaway freaking story, whatever. It's just like, oh, gee, I wonder if there is an environmentalist tilt to this film. I can't yeah. tell. Let's go to Home Tree and blow it up with our missiles and anti-war, blah, blah, blah. I, and that's fine. I get it. I'm, I'm, I kind of agree with all of your little stances there, Mr. Cameron. How about a little subtlety? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Totally know what you mean. But... Um, I'm I'm so stoked. I can't wait to watch that movie again in 3D. I really can't. And I told uh, the daughter, that will get re-released in 3D, and when it does, I'm going to take you. And you're going to love it. And it's going to be even better than, that, than, than this viewing. But for now, we're not set up for 3D, and it's not re-released. So it is what yeah. it is. And eventually, um, it, it'll come around to that. Um, which leads us into... 4K no. technology and Atmos, Dolby Atmos, the new Dolby Atmos sound uh, system, which puts speakers on your ceiling, or from what I've recently heard, puts them on the floor but projects off of your ceiling. Yeah, uh, it's totally crazy. seems genius. That seems so brilliant to me. I was reading an interview with one of the Dolby guys, and they said, um, you know, we keep trying to add speakers around where we're at. 2.1, 5.1. I, I bought in at 2.1. I, I was on surround sound at 2.1. Which yeah, me was too. Two in the front, two in the back that had the same sound. They weren't even separate. And the subwoofer. And now we're, you know, 5.1 split that up. Split up your back, your rear speakers. 7.1 gave you two rear speakers that were also individually split. Which I believe we're both at now. I'm at seven one right now. Are you? I'm at, at seven one. Yeah. See, and most people aren't even at seven one. Uh, I am. Don't, doesn't get utilized a whole lot because you got to keep it down for the for the babies. But. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but they the interview with the guy. He said we keep adding speakers around, and we said what's missing, and so they added speakers above two rows of speakers on the ceiling pointed down, so that when uh, to give you a full bubble circle of sound. Um, so imagine when it's raining. It's not just raining around you. It's raining straight down on you, which is freaking brilliant. And I believe by That's... the end of the year, there's supposed to be two to five Dolby Atmos capable theaters in the United States. 
Um, as far as making it capable for uh, home use, I, I, I believe the last I read, and this was a m months ago, they were working on a system where the speakers sit on the ground and point straight up and then bounce off your ceiling and the sound comes down because it's very hard for your home system to mount speakers on your ceiling pointed straight down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that would be such a niche thing that I I, I can't imagine that would be financially yeah. viable for yeah, people. Yeah, it wouldn't take off. They they need to do something different. It's a brilliant idea, and I love it. But who's going to buy that? You know, they're oh, it's one millionaire somewhere, and who you know they're not going to develop the Blu-rays and or whatever media at the time. Yeah, to go with that system that one percent can afford. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't. We'll get more into sound next episode, but it's about time to wrap this one up. I just wanted to tease it a little bit and give people something to think about. Yeah. Um, and also the 4K Blu-ray, because there was an announcement yes. with that. Too. We'll hit on that later. Yes, yes. 4K Blu-ray, I definitely want to touch on. I'm not discounting that at all. Yeah. Okay, so as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com with movies you want us to watch, topics to discuss, anything at all. We'll bring it up on the show. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add, sir? I don't think so. We covered a lot of ground. I could keep on keep on going, but I know that we're already way past our, our marker here, so we'll wrap it up. Yep. Save it for next time. Add it to the list. Yep. <laughs> I also wanted to add at the end of every pod, um, <laughs> don't take it from us on these reviews. Watch the shit for yourself, okay? <laughs> Uh, film critics are morons, okay? Everybody wants to put it out there like they know and you should listen to them and they're the be-all, end-all. We yeah. are high promoters of go watch and support this stuff for yourself. Yeah. We're just giving you our viewpoints. I, a great example was was The Machine. Yes. I didn't care for it. You did. Watch it for yourselves. You may love it, but at the very least, support support independent movies. Support movies. Just watch movies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do ne never ever comment on a movie that you haven't seen. Amen to that. <laughs> so irritated with... Uh, I, I'm on a rabbit trail for half a second before we wrap this up, but I am freaking tired of, of Marvel... Marvelites uh, sucking Marvel's teat every two seconds. Nothing they can do is is ever wrong. Don't ever say anything negative about them. <laughs> everything DC does is wrong Batman v Superman's gonna suck it's horrible, it's a nightmare shut up, just shut up just shut the <laughs> hell up Go wait till the movie comes out, watch the movies watch them, then make up your mind Yeah. don't listen to any of, don't listen to us don't listen to any other film critics go watch the shit, make up your own mind but listen to us, but don't listen to us I mean, we're you right you have the, you have the, you're allowed to be wrong but because <laughs> yeah. we're right <laughs> uh, it's that time of night now <laughs> yeah it is yeah it's all get cut anyway <laughs> now to wrap this up I'm Eric Marner I'm Eugene Weaver and once again we didn't introduce ourselves at the beginning of the pod that's okay <laughs> you know who we are we know who we are we, whatever yeah. <laughs> okay we'll see you next pod bye alright Listen to